1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: Hello, and welcome to The Art Detective with me, Dr. Yanina Ramirez. I'm an art historian, a broadcaster, and a writer and your Chief Investigator of Images. An exciting podcast today. I am in the middle of filming a exciting new series for the BBC. And in each of the programs, I go to a different amazing location. I got back a few weeks ago from Mexico. Now I'd wanted to go to Mexico since I was a child. And the idea came about that uh, we would be able to go and travel all along the Gulf of Mexico in search of the Olmecs. Who are the Olmecs? Well, the Olmecs are the first civilization in Mesoamerica. They date back to around the time that the Egyptians are putting up the pyramids, about 1000 BC. So they're much, much earlier than the Mayans and the Aztecs who we know so much more about. The program's going to be taking us through the whole process of how the Olmec civilization developed, and of course, the Olmec heads that are those statements of power that appear in all the different Olmec sites. I was able to speak with the expert on Olmec art, Rebecca Gonzalez Lauk. Uh, she's from the Museo uh, de Antropologia in Mexico. And she gave me some incredible insights into this civilization, how they made their art, uh, those those complicated heads, why are they appearing? What do they represent? It really was amazing to spend time with somebody who knows so much about a subject that I find so fascinating. It will certainly tell you things that you didn't know before, that's for sure. Thank you all so much for the support you give, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Very exciting today because I am in Mexico, <laughs> somewhere I've wanted to come my whole life. And uh, we've been filming here, we're making a series for the BBC about exciting archaeological discoveries and I'm not going to give too many secrets away about this program. You'll have to tune in and watch it. But I am delighted to be joined by one of our contributors on the program. and. The expert on
1: Olmec arts. <laughs> do introduce yourself, Rebecca. Okay, my name is Rebecca Gonzalez Locke and I'm a researcher at the Institute, the National Institute of Anthropology and History in Mexico. Fantastic. Yeah. And you were telling me when we were talking. At first, it
0: wasn't Olmec that you wanted to do. You're an archaeologist. You're interested in the Mayans, weren't yeah, you? Yeah,
1: my first uh, interest in um, in Mesoamerican archaeology it was Mayan. I had lived in Central America and I was very interested in the art. It's always what has attracted me. Right. Uh-huh. So, that, so I, that, that was my main interest, but then I went to graduate school and I sort of got brainwashed by my advisor and I started doing Olmec. The
0: Art Detective listeners might not know
1: what Olmec is. Do explain, please. Okay, the Olmec is... Um, the Olmec is an art style. Mm and it's associated to a civilization that inhabited the southern part of the Mexican Gulf Coast in the first millennium be- before Christ.
0: So lower than where we would think of the
1: Aztecs being,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and higher than where the Mayans are, is that right? It's a sort of, a, it's, a, it's in between the Mayan and the Aztec. If, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the Aztec are toward central Mexico and it's toward the north, and the Maya we sort of neighbors with the Mayan, yeah. to the south.
0: There's uh-huh. bitters, sort of shared right. borders, aren't right. there, an overlap? Right. right. Uh-huh. But the really important thing is the date, isn't it? This is right. what it's blew my mind. Early. Uh-huh. How early is Olmec?
1: <laughs> well, there are, uh, there are dates on the Olmec, on Olmec art as early as 1600 before Christ and those you find in El Manati in southern Veracruz uh, and in La Merced.
0: This is the thing that really surprised me Mm. when I started looking into this. I knew about the Mayans. Uh I knew that really you could even go quite early with the Mayans even maybe a bit BC Uh but the idea that there is a civilization creating sculpture, creating architecture, creating art 1400, 500, 600 BC Right. That was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Uh, There's nothing comparable in the rest of Mesoamerica that early. Really? Yeah. Uh And so what's everyone else doing at this time?
0: (laughs) What's the rest of the country doing?
1: They're usually uh, small villages Mm. in, in dispersed. uh, The settlements are very small. There's no planned architecture Mm. as far as I know. Um, They're, they're sacred sites. Mm. But, um, and obviously there's long distance trade because the Olmecs also were traded with them. But they're not organized as a society they're not, orga- not they're not orga- organized societies. so there's mm. no hierarchy there's no, no like kings no. Uh-huh.
0: rulers priests not nothing that like that not. no uh-huh. maybe a bit of shamanism but yes
1: <laughs> yes oh, certainly religious beliefs and things like that yes uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: but uh-huh. so so something quite distinctive starts to happen doesn't it and and it starts to happen we see it first so we're looking at the uh, sort of uh, beginnings of what we recognize as civilized in terms of city dwellers but that really starts to take effect around san lorenzo is that right this this site this location the art coming from it
1: yeah in san lorenzo you have certainly the art they, they have a, a a sculpture corpus that's very important what is not so clear is the architecture right. um and that might be because it's buried under um the earth but and Cyphers has excavated large structures, but it's unclear the architectural uh, pattern or the design. Mm. Uh, so we do have some um, indicators that they had large earthen architecture and they used stone at the, at the same time. But it's not in la, in la Venta where you see the layout very clearly and it's on the surface and uh, you can see the size and of the buildings. Uh-huh.
0: And I should yeah. emphasize to the art detective yeah. listeners that we are at La Venta's oh, site okay. today. Uh-huh. And this is your. This is your domain, isn't it, right. Rebecca? This is—you've mapped it, you've excavated it for years and years and years. The site that we're sitting in now is a museum. It's a preserved um, site, but it wasn't like that when you started
1: looking at no, it, was it? No. No. When I arrived in 1984, there were 200 families living at the site. The village of Laventa had grown into this into the site, mm. uh, but fortunately, in 19 beginning in 1985, the state government uh, started. Uh, working towards the protection of the site, and that's one of the big um, achievements that we've done. It's it's the only site in the state of Tabasco that's uh, protected by declaratoria. It's a legal instrument. And it's the only Olmec site in all, the, all Mexico that's protected with a declaratoria. Good, uh, So in that way, we, we have um, been very fortunate. We have a uh, museum uh-huh. with uh, about 13 monumental sculptures that are little known because no well, very few people come here. Come here, our detective right. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and yes, uh, there's an ongoing research and conservation uh, program. Mm. Uh, but we have got, what, 200 hectares in the whole site? The site, we estimate, is about 200 hectares. We, c- we have protected only 100 mm. because we have the town of Villa La Venta. I mean, we can't buy everything. And then PEMEX has also, the petroleum company, has facilities. Yeah, because the there's, there's uh-huh. so
0: many issues that you face mm, around here with right. the petroleum industry, uh-huh. with, with legal issues, with, right. with people trying to get Olmec oh Art to sell on the black market. Uh-huh. All these things you're up against, and the weather. Right. <laughs> We're it's hot today. Prime, it's about, sticky. what, 42 degrees right probably, now? Probably. And the insects. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but with all those things, um, what I find mm. really staggering, we are on this site of 200 hectares. Ha- tell me how much of this site you think has been properly excavated. About 1% at the most. <laughs> 1%! Yeah, exactly. Now you know I'm <laughs> baffled by this, don't you? Yes, We've been talking uh-huh. about it. Uh-huh. 1% and yeah. I mean that just blows my mind because I would, I just want to get out and find more but there are reasons, aren't there, that it's only 1%? Yeah,
1: there's, uh, well the main, the main problem is always money. Yeah, And yeah. getting permanent funding to, to do the research. Yeah. We have to compete for funds every year and uh, so, and the funds are never in a permit, we, we like we get money for two months or, or three months or nine months, yeah, but not for a full year of work. So, people for for the assistance and all that, they leave after a while because they don't have a full time job, yeah. And it uh-huh. means you can't,
0: they can't build up their expertise, their no. knowledge of the site. Mm-hmm. But just what's come up in that one percent, but I want to talk a bit about what makes Olmec art so incredible, okay. In this one percent at La Venta, we have four colossal heads, right. Mm-hmm. How many? Uh, four altars? There's seven altars. Seven uh-huh. altars. Yeah, there are and different
1: kinds of altars, but, yeah, so there, there are
0: seven. Because uh-huh. they are dramatic, uh-huh. and right. we can talk about those. Mm-hmm. But also, just across the site, there's all sorts of stellars. There's offerings. Te- what is it? A thousand tons worth of stone that's interred in the earth as right. offering.
1: Yeah.
0: That is and that's been
1: discovered. Yeah. And that site uh, that that uh, the massive offerings and the the stone from the massive offerings were brought was brought in from Oaxaca. So you can just imagine traveling. What distance
0: is that for the for the listeners around the world?
1: Four hundred kilometers. Four hundred kilometers. Mm-hmm.
0: In one thousand Ish BC. through, the,
1: through the, the mountains and all that. I mean, it's not flat terrain. <laughs> My
0: <laughs> so goodness. And yeah. even the, the stone heads, you know, we're talking about the colossal heads, which right. some are 20 tons. They're right. huge. And they're single boulders uh-huh. of volcanic basalt that's been Yeah, the, the, the basalt
1: was brought in from the Tuslas, and Tuzlas and that's about 100 kilometers away. And, <laughs> and it's basically flat terrain. But maybe they were transported by water, by the ocean and the rivers.
0: Yeah, because uh-huh. we were saying at the time that that, that this area, La Venta, would have been almost like an
1: island, surrounded by water and marshes as well. Right, swamps. Mm. Uh-huh. But it not not an island in the sense that it's in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. But the, the, it's it's terrain that's um, waterlogged mm. a, a large part of the year. Uh-huh.
0: And I think what's mm. staggering when we start to compare what's happening here with elsewhere in the world. I mean. Uh-huh. 1,000 BC, let's say, for La Venta. it's a little bit later, maybe. Uh-huh. But we've got, I suppose ancient Egypt is creating monumental sculpture. Much earlier. Much earlier, <laughs> but much they are making much bigger and uh-huh. earlier. But, but you know, we still haven't got ancient Greece. We still mm-hmm. haven't got the Parthenon. We right. still haven't got Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still so many different uh, artistic developments to come. Uh-huh. And what struck me the second I look at the, looked at the first Colossal Head was the naturalism. Right. The realism. It looks like a real person. How come? How come they're doing this? At this time, <laughs> do, <laughs> your do. face yeah, so, yeah, sort
1: of like a, <laughs> That's probably why we're working towards to understanding that. Why? How? How they achieved that? No, we don't know. Yet. It's staggering, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And
0: it still it surprises is. you when you think about it.
1: It definitely does. Each head is uh, has different facial features, so mm-hmm. they're probably representing different individuals. And it was carved stone on stone, so it Not wasn't. Yeah, so, so there were no metal tools, so even it's even uh, much harder. Much harder.
0: I can't, Eddie, that's the other thing we need to Mm -hmm. emphasize for the listeners. No metal. Right. No wheels. No wheels. This is before before the Bronze Age, Uh Iron Age, and before the wheel. Right. And yet we have these huge stones traveling a hundred odd kilometers along water, on rollers maybe, and we have carving that is having to be done not with tools crashing into a piece of stone. Mm Basalt itself is really hard, so they have to get a harder stone,
1: right? And just abrade it, rub it. How do they do that? Well, we have found uh, sort of chisels and drills and grinding stones that were we'll, we'll used to grind the surfaces. Uh huh. Um, and are they like a? Um, uh, almost like sandpaper, or are they...? The, yeah, there's, there's um, sandstone. Ah, yes, so. sandstone. <laughs> <laughs> Literally uh-huh. sandpaper. <laughs> Which was used usually to polish things. Okay. Uh, but, um, but we haven't yet found a stone workshop. We, right. we, we find clusters of artifacts that are broken up mm. and that we think that we're in the process of working. But really, we don't have the levitage, the debitage, so that we can figure out what tools they used and mm-hmm. how the things were broken and 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 manufactured. It's yeah. a it's a tragic
0: state mm-hmm. with earlier earlier um, cultures that you often uh-huh. do find the products, but not right. the processes. The
1: processes. Um, and that's very. That's what we, you know interests us. How did they do it? I yeah. know, I
0: uh-huh. know. And and so if we think about these heads. What I find fascinating about the work you've done, Rebecca, you've mapped this enormous mm-hmm. site of mm-hmm. La Venta and positioned the artworks within that site. Right. So um, tell us a little bit about how the site is arranged. Because what I think will surprise people is that here we have a pyramid.
1: Right. Again. This is the first. Uh, it's probably the oldest uh, earthen pyramid in, in Mexico. Well, the, the oldest pyramid. And it's made out of earth, of earth that was piled up and beaten down and compacted, mm. uh, mixed with sand to uh, make a very um, hard material. And this was held in place by uh, limestone slabs that were embedded into the earthen mass. And you, f- and you find the, earth, the the limestone slabs um, not organized in, or in an original in a, in a organized fashion, but sort of scattered just to hold in the earth.
0: So the distinction from Egyptian ones, I suppose, would be that there you have great big squares of stone, right? But there's still the effort required to compact this earth into squares, essentially, Uh or rectangles.
1: Not necessarily squares or rectangles. We didn't find that in well, in in small in the the two two small mounds in Complex Eight. Yes, you find adobes, the sun-dried adobes. Mm. But for the pyramid, we haven't found um, like adobes or anything square. It's just earth pound it down
0: pound it down uh-huh. and, and then right, and make it, with it the limestone in between to keep it right. like almost terraced
1: right and but it's when you're excavating it's y- you know that you've touched the surface because it's very very much harder yeah. than the surf than the earth that's covering it
0: really yeah. okay and i think it will surprise people to know that you know one thousand BC here on the Mexican Gulf, Mm -hmm. there is a pyramid. And we were talking, weren't we, about the fact that it seems people across the world Uh just sort of come to these things together, even if there isn't direct connection. Is that what we're thinking here, that this is sort of a A spontaneous creation rather than contact with with the rest of the world or contact with other cultures
1: oh yeah no no there's no contact with Mm. with cultures of the old world as as far as we know yeah this is this is saying an independent invention from from this part of the world Mm. Um, but it sort of happened the same thing well at least there are sort of like step platforms and and in Egypt they also the earliest faces have they do indeed yeah yeah Yeah. so um, but it is an independent uh, invention here, amazing, yep. and and there is some suggestion that it may be mirroring the val- the volcano. Well, that's what originally was thought because of the sh- the, the way the building has eroded, mm. and so. The, um, but uh, there's another proposition that it eroded that way because it was a step platform with radial staircases. There were staircases on the east, south, north, and west of the building. So the way it eroded, it looked, it, it became sort of like a volcano shaped. Wow, as if uh-huh. like
0: the lava's running down right. the sides. So that's right. quite cool to think
1: but about. When we excavated, it was very interesting because of, well, the southern part, uh, in the central part, you did find, um, that was an area that was, they didn't have any limestone. We didn't find this, st- we found one little step, uh-huh. but we didn't find the limestone. So right. that area was different from the sides where there is a slope. Okay. Uh uh-huh. so I mean,
0: th- so the, the the pyramid sort of sits at the heart, doesn't it? But then, almost in the middle of the site. Yes. Almost in the middle. Mm-hmm. But then there's this. Uh, I mean, this is the thing I love about looking at your uh-huh. map. Uh-huh. You can see where the pyramid is. Then you can see this huge plaza right. with the elite living, working on one side, and then this separation of a
1: spiritual. And mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the other side of right. the pyramid explain a little bit about where everything is well the the, the pyramid sort of sits in the middle of the side and it, to the south of it there's a huge plaza that's uh four hectares um, that measures four it hecta- has an extension of four hectares mm. and on the um, east side there's a huge plat another huge platform is called the acropolis sterling it's uh, 300 meters in length and on top of it, uh, there were stone canals and stone sculpture and basalt, uh, basalt columns. So we think that people, that the elite lived there, yeah, uh, very close to the main pyra- very close to the main pyramid. And, and didn't you find out there also evidence of artisans, of craftspeople yes, making the art? These, up there? Uh, these uh, clusters of sculptures were fragmented, right. So we think that th- they were probably re- they're probably remains of workshops. Mm. Uh, and this is only the beginning and there are three alignments of structures going south for about 800 meters. I mean
0: it is huge. Uh-huh. Uh, when we were standing up there <laughs> it's it's you cannot explain it right. verbally how uh-huh. it feels uh-huh. until you stand in it. The pyramid in front of you this massive open plaza that that extends off behind into what is now again complete jungle wilderness right. isn't it? Uh-huh. You, uh-huh. I think you described not being able to see your hand or, or no say it's because it was something like 5 meters. Well, well
1: when you w- when you work in the jungle sometimes the vegetation is so dense you can't see f- like 5 meters ahead of you and like what I was showing you in structure D8 where the altars are there's a pyramid seven meters tall and you you couldn't see it we couldn't see it at the moment because of the vegetation so that's why when when the begin when met when the earlier early pioneers came to La Venta they weren't able to map the site because it it was all covered with jungle and they could not visualize what there was and
0: this is hostile Uh jungle too you know we've been out there there are snakes there are spiders there are all sorts of things to be aware of and it is um, the idea that archaeology is just potentially
1: everywhere. Uh-huh.
0: It's over- overwhelming for me to kind of think, God, what could be out there? You know, What could we no, find? Uh, uh, like I th-
1: like we, well, you know, that very little has been uh, excavated, so there's a world to be known uh, mm. here in La Venta, and there's still a lot of things that we have to learn, that we will learn from the Olmec, once we, uh, well, as, as work goes further along.
0: And there is a appetite for Olmec because of I think how beautiful it is I mean there's a couple of pieces I saw with you at the museum Mm -hmm. now I'm thinking of the young seated man right cross-legged beautiful domed Mm -hmm. head Mm -hmm. and just this sense of his limbs sitting Mm -hmm. naturally Mm -hmm. on his eye there was something so timeless and beautiful Uh about that
1: is that what you think the appeal of Olmec is Well, um Olmec sculpture does have something that appeals to us. I always have the the, the feeling I, I want to touch yeah. the sculpture. Tactile, you know, yeah. Tuck, very tactile. The colossal head's a small sculpture, and the other notion of the of the Olmec card is that it always appears, even the the pieces are small. They they appear larger than life. I don't know. It's it's the it's the proportions or the way the the volume is managed.
0: Yes, because I'm thinking now of offering four. Uh-huh. And you have the arrangement of jade figures, uh-huh. the little sandstone figure, and then the salts, the sort of um, slabs, Rope, if you like. Uh-huh. Of, uh-huh. And they're jade, that's Rope, important uh-huh. too, of course, very uh-huh. expensive. Uh-huh. But you're right, even though they're tiny, they're about, what, bigger than your hand? Just about that size? Yeah, about 15 centimetres. But there is so a, there's a um, uh-huh.
1: volume to them, isn't yes. there? Yeah, and that's, that, that, that is real. You see that in all, in all of my card. For example, the CD figure you just mentioned, the Joven de Chiquipista. Beautiful. It's, uh, it's a gorgeous piece of art, and it, that was found in southern Veracruz. And it came out when the, a river sort of ate, or... Uh, went into a site and yeah it like it eroded the it soil eroded, eroded okay the soil. yeah uh-huh. and it, and it p- appeared as it a it result appeared, yeah uh-huh. oh that area well that area particularly Jaltipan San the area of San Lorenzo is very 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 rich in archaeological mm. remains not only for the Olmec period but for for other periods too but it's just, it, the idea that um,
0: that there was this civilization that we, that was sort of known about, Olmec, uh-huh. it means rubber people, doesn't it? And there's an association uh-huh. with rubber balls, football, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a whole uh-huh. connection with, with, the, with the landscape. But for me, I mean, it's just how beautiful their art is. I like Mayan art. I, f- I find Aztec art intriguing, beautiful, dramatic, abstract. With Olmec, it's... It's more human. It's delicate. It's it's like you say, it has volume and yet it has intimacy. It's this strangely timeless art. Do you feel like that about it? Very
1: much so. And Beatriz de la Fuente, who was the great dame in All My also would comment on how, how, um, how it draws you. But what it it is about it, I mean, I stand before the sculptures and I look at them and sort of try to figure out what is it that makes it so special and it's difficult to uh, pinpoint. Pinpoint. Like, Uh it was watching everyone's reaction when
0: we saw the the seated figure. Uh Every single member of our team Uh walked past, we were walking past lots and lots of sculpture. Everyone on the team stopped and went, wow, what is that? Yeah. And we didn't know what it was, but it pulled everybody in, didn't it? It That's interesting. And that's the first time you'd exhibited it, wasn't it? Yes,
1: it's a piece that was in, well, it is in private hands, but it was in a ranch um, in Jaltipan, close to Jaltipan, and uh, it had never been exhibited. And kindly the family let us uh, bring it to the museum and exhibit it. Oh my goodness! Yeah. But so that's that. That's
0: also another telling point about Olmec as well, because it's still relatively mm-hmm. unknown. Because uh-huh. sites are not excavated extensively, and it's not all fully understood and mapped right. out. There is a danger, isn't there, that so many of the pieces have come out of the water, come out of the ground, come out of the earth, and they've just gone into the black market. They've gone off to be sold. Well, you on. have to
1: be very careful. Uh, there is a lot of of artifacts that are called uh, Olmec, and for example, the Olmec masks that uh, that are, well, they say that they're Olmec, mm. but show me how many have fa- been found in uh, in context. Interesting. And uh, and show me and show the stylistics differences between the ones that, that have been excavated and the ones that they say are Olmec. Interesting. Uh, so, there, there's so you have to be very careful. In, in the National Museum we have the La Venta collections that the Smithsonian excavated, uh-huh. but we also have collections of artifacts that other people like Miguel Covarrubias collected. Oh yeah. And I can now tell the difference between what Covarrubias collected and what is what came out of the earth. And there's uh, it's, it's very slight uh, s- uh, things that are distinguishable and you can at least what, what they have in Cobarrubia's collections, my impression is that they're not, they're not real old Macard So artifacts. they could be forgeries. They, they can be forgeries. But you know, they
0: this be. is the eye of the mm-hmm. connoisseur, isn't it? I mean, uh-huh. this is the thing yeah. is until you have a body of, of, of material, body, yeah. until mm-hmm. you can assess it, right. you can't tell what is, is
1: a forgery from what could be you know, the original. So you have to be very careful. Context is very important and where they come from. Um, yeah. And so a lot, I I go into museums and they say, oh, well, this is Solmec, and I, and I, I look at it and I go, well, I've never seen something like that come out of the earth. Mm. <laughs> you know, and of, you have seen yeah, thousands of yeah, things come yeah. out of the earth. It, and it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you've seen this seal that uh, came out of the side very close The bird, bird head the bird one, head. the roller yeah. seal. Those so rolls.
0: for the art detective mm-hmm. listeners, we'll put a picture up. It's really quite intriguing. We do see rollers that are used, Are mm. they? do you think, to put patterns on the skin? Right, or to paint maybe
1: paper or, or bodies,
0: body paint. Body paint, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And they have like a, on this one there's a beaked head, isn't there?
1: There's a little bird and from the bird, bird's peak, uh, two symbols hang, and uh, the archaeologists thought that, well, this is a sign that uh, that Olmec writings, well, that writing started in the area of La Venta. When I saw the, the artifact, I always said, you know, this is not from La Venta, this is just very strange. And the researchers eventually, like 10 years later, uh, analyzed the, the, the clay uh-huh. and, at the Smithsonian, and... Uh, it was determined that the clay came from the Mayan area. So that helps, uh, that, 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 well, at least that uh, vindicated my point of view, <laughs> in saying that this artifact, w- the, the artifact is real, but it was not made here. And I- that's the, 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 mm-hmm. eye, the eye that you start developing when you work in a site for many, many years, and you, 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 you can detect what is from the area and what is it. So that seal uh, is definitely pre-Hispanic, but it was not made here. Excellent. Uh-huh. it was brought in you know like when uh, when peter Maya came to visit his cousin John Olmec. Oh, yeah. She brought a little gift. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> here's a roller. Uh, it looks a bit like something you'd like. I <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Pick exactly. this up for you. <laughs> yeah, so so that's how it sort of came. And it, it explains, I mean, they brought in jade. They of brought course. in different things from different parts of, of Mesoamerica. That's one of the things uh-huh. that
0: I think we should So Let's talk uh-huh. a little bit about the little figure that we looked at together mm-hmm. in the museum. Of, uh, so it's the Museum of Anthropology in Mexico City, mm-hmm. and you have this jade figure um, with, a hem- with a hematite uh, piece in, in its hands. Mm-hmm. And I would just stress again for the Art Detective listeners, Jade we tend to associate with China Mm -hmm. we tend to think gosh why would they be prizing jade and we think of of Mayans and Aztecs perhaps as being gold orientated but Jade was worth
1: way more than gold wasn't Mm. it wasn't it more valuable well we don't know what it was worth in pre-Hispanic times but it was very very valuable Mm. it was uh, used in very sacred uh, um, environments as jewelry or as um, art like in this case figurines that were interred as part of the burial furniture of of the of the person that died Uh and in the the figure the the little female figure cedar figurine from from complex a in la venta um,
0: which is the holy of holies we've been talking about the arrangement of space you have the pyramid in the middle then you have this complex a which is it seems to be the place of the priests the rituals the the ceremonial ceremonial stuff and Uh
1: there is this burial of just
0: us astonishing things in the, that the,
1: the, This was buried in a um, in, in an enclosure made out of stone columns, yeah. c- uh, of basalt columns that was interred into a mound, into the structure a- A2. Uh, and there were two very ro- very badly conserved burials of young Persons uh-huh. and and each burial was associated associated with uh, different artifacts and the f- the female figurine it comes from there mm. the jade was brought in from Guatemala that's the only source of known in Mesoamerica for jade um, so we're talking a long distance trade in and around the year a thousand
0: ish BC. Uh-huh. This idea that they must have a surplus, that they must have a well enough organized society in order to free up Mm -hmm. personnel and and money to get this stuff in, and that they're probably exchanging something back, or that there's some sort of political relationship here. I mean, that's amazing. And that
1: they had the specialists to be able to carve this. I mean, not anybody can carve this with stone on stone. (laughs) I mean, it's it's very very, and jade is much harder than, for example, basalt. Really, even harder uh to carve. I mean, this is the thing I
0: keep trying to work Uh out. How the heck are they getting these, these stunning carvings? Mm-hmm. I mean, she is tiny. She's eight centimeters high. And yet you can see every finger. <laughs> you can see the corners of her mouth turning up mm-hmm. and the her strands hair. of her hair. And then the little mirror, that's significant, isn't it? Why has she got this little? Because obviously we haven't got, we haven't got metal, we haven't got glass. So hematite is reflective. It's the closest thing, minerally, to, to a, a, mirror. a mirror.
1: And it's used in, is, uh, as a pectoral, as a, as a chest mm-hmm. ornament and uh, real hematite mirrors have been found in other burials in, in, in or offerings here in La Venta. Mm. And this was also brought in from uh, Oaxaca, quite a ways. So there we go, so, hundreds yeah. of miles again. Yeah. So uh-huh.
0: materials being brought in from all over the place. Um, and then obviously artisans who are, they're not, we were saying, I, I made the mistake of saying embryonic uh-huh. earlier. <laughs> this is not an embryonic <laughs> civilization. This is a, a fully fledged, Artistic community
1: who have trained over generations. Right.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Don't you think? The oh, yeah, 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 because
1: this kind of knowledge, you don't ha- get overnight. I mean, this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of, of, of working things out. Yeah. Um, and maybe there is that. There's definite, not maybe there is a definite uh, difference in scale of what comes later. But the canons, the cultural canons, the, the the codes are already fully established and developed by all times.
0: And what I'll probably do for the art detective listeners uh, in the future is give some examples of some of the symbolism. Cause we haven't talked about where jaguars. We haven't talked about <laughs> rain gods. We haven't talked about maize. We've got uh-huh. all these different symbols, the serpent, the dragon, all these things, which, which I'll try and talk about in future episodes. But, um, we have spoken for, for over half an hour, okay. amazingly. <laughs> um, but I wanted to just end with thinking, what would be your, your prize piece if someone listening to this wanted to go away and find a piece of Olmec art? that just was the, the starter to whet their appetite, what would you suggest they go and look at?
1: I would think the, 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 my favorite piece is the, the seated figurine, the seated female figurine is in it? the Museum of Anthropology that was part of a funeral, uh, of a burial. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a beautiful piece. It's, a, it's a, Like Sterling said many decades ago, it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Uh, uh, I've
0: had the yeah. privilege, thanks to you, Rebecca, mm-hmm. of being able to spend time in its company. Mm-hmm. and. It just gets more beautiful the more you look at it, right. which I think is yeah. the sign of a true masterpiece. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I cannot thank you enough. And um, if people want to find out more about the museum, about what you're you're doing with your work, uh, how can they find you through the
1: websites? Yeah, the the National Museum of Anthropology has a website. The Institute of Anthropology also has a website. Uh, there, my the. My email addresses are there and phone numbers, I think. Excellent, uh-huh. so people can
0: contact you to find out more. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, and you can find out more, I'll put some information up on the Art Detective uh, Twitter feed, which um, is just Art Detective Pod. And my own Twitter feed is at Dr. Yanina Ramirez. You can also help us out by supporting us on Patreon. So. Every single penny you provide to us helps us to make better quality podcasts and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash art detective. It just remains for me to say, Rebecca, thank you for your time, thank you for your expertise and more importantly, thank you for what you have done for archaeology and for Olmec art. You are an inspiring and wonderful person. Well, you're very welcome
1: and thank you for this interview. <laughs>